City Journal Midday News with Samantha Burgess, Patrick Gabriel and Nick Angus. Victorian Premier Daniel Andrews has spoken about the easing of COVID-19 restrictions. Beginning from midnight on Tuesday, the state will allow gatherings of up to 10 people in public and in homes. Schools are looking to reopen by the end of term two. Cafes and restaurants will not yet be allowed to offer table service. The Premier says Victorians still need to be careful under the new restrictions. Whilst the numbers are stable, uh, there is uh, a real need to be cautious. There is a need uh, for us to take a small first step uh, and all be vigilant in following a new set of rules. This is not over. I wish it were, but it is not over. Whilst the numbers are... Victorian teachers are pushing for greater safety measures to be considered in the lead-up to schools reopening. Teachers want access to personal protective equipment known as PPE in case a student arrives at school with symptoms. They also want guidance on how to manage large numbers of students if social distancing measures are still in place. The president of the Victorian Principals Association, Anne-Marie Kleiman, says the measures need to ensure staff safety without alarming students and parents. So the, the only time that PPE might be used is if a child is unwell at this point in time. We're probably not wanting uh, to set schools up as or communities up to think of these alarmist or the children to react back, so we don't want all our staff walking around with um, personal uh, PPE equipment on. Victoria is introducing rapid response squads to deal with any new outbreaks of coronavirus as the state government moves to ease restrictions. The teams are part of a $20 million boost to the state's mass testing campaign. The outbreak unit will be staffed by public health specialists and clinicians to ensure contact tracing and deep cleaning is managed as soon as a cluster is identified. There are concerns for the safety of police and others after an anti-lockdown demonstration outside the Victorian Parliament. More than 100 demonstrators flooded the steps of Parliament House, clashing with police. Ten people were arrested. One police officer, who declined to be named, said the protesters were putting both themselves and the police at risk of infection from the virus. The federal government has announced a $650 million support package to help regional Australians affected by bushfires during last summer. Phoebe Humphrey reports. Prime Minister Scott Morrison says most of the new money going into the Bushfire Recovery Fund will support local projects and recovery efforts. Deputy Mayor of East Gippsland Shire Council Ben Buckley says the community's bushfire recovery is going pretty well, with many residents using government funds to support local businesses. Some of us put that into a credit account in the store, so you'd have a, it'd be a thousand dollars in credit there, and then just eat away at that. Mr. Buckley says communities in East Gippsland are strong, but need help to recover. Phoebe Humphrey, City Journal. The number of coronavirus cases worldwide has passed 4 million, with increases in Germany and South Korea over the weekend. These spikes in new cases come as a result of both those countries easing lockdown restrictions, which is causing concern about a possible second wave of the pandemic. In Australia, the number of coronavirus cases currently stands at 6,942. 
New survey findings show that Australians are preferring to travel by car over public transport. Infrastructure specialist Matthew Beck from the University of Sydney, who co-wrote the study, says that over 80% of the 1,070 surveyed are concerned about the hygiene on public transport. So to combat it, we'll probably need to look at enforcing social distancing on the public transport network, overt cleaning of public transport services, face masks, but importantly, we need to look at working from home. Professor Beck says low petrol prices are making car transport preferable. However, it should not be a long-term solution. Staggering work hours to combat social distancing on public transport and encouraging other means of commuting are preferable for when the stay-at-home regulations are reduced. Bike lanes have seen an increase in activity as the COVID-19 crisis causes a surge in riders on the roads. The City of Melbourne is using the newfound passion for riding as a springboard to upgrade paths, lanes and routes. But Public Transport Victoria Project Manager Alan Payton says there's still great uncertainty about what will actually be needed. The reality is that that infrastructure planning is a a long, slow process and a measure of success for a big infrastructure tank is its flexibility. So can it cope with population growth, footing matches, changing technology, new shopping centres? And in this case, uh, changes the way we, we live and travel due to COVID. Now, nobody knows what the post-COVID landscape will look like. Um, and so we can't plan infrastructure on that basis, but we can make temporary adaptations to what we've already got. That allows us to provide uh, an immediate service to the community and to assess its effectiveness. That info would then be useful and can provide impetus for infrastructure planning. The Melbourne International Film Festival will go ahead after all, but completely online. The organisers have already announced the cancellation of this year's festival, but have now arranged for the streaming of films and special events between the 6th and the 23rd of August. Artistic director Al Cossa says the online event will be titled Myth 68 and a Half, and he hopes it will foster connection amongst the community. We feel what we're doing is a really positive um, program for, for our audiences um, and we're really excited about, you know, just keeping, keeping on going forward in the midst of a very complicated and, and difficult time. The complete program for the festival will be launched on the 14th of July. Tributes are flowing for the late union leader and environmental activist Jack Mundy, who died on Sunday. He was 90. As leader of the Builders Labourers Federation, Jack Mundy led the Green Ban Movement, which helped save many historic Sydney sites in the 1970s. The head of the construction union, Dave Noonan, described him as an inspiration to all unionists and activists. Federal Greens leader Adam Band has also shared his condolences, tweeting that Mundy was a leader and visionary and will be sadly missed. To Melbourne's weather, partly cloudy and light winds. A top of 17 degrees and an overnight low of 8. Tomorrow, again, partly cloudy. Winds northerly up to 30 kilometres an hour, easing and turning to the northwest during the day. A top of 16 degrees. This has been City Journal Midday News with Samantha Burgess, Patrick Gabriel, and Nick Angus. This is a podcast from Triple R, an independent media organisation in Melbourne, Australia. 
To find out more about Triple R or to explore many more shows, podcasts, articles, videos and interviews, head to the Triple R website at rrr.org.au.